0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. What in
1: the
2: wide, wide world of sports is going on in
0: broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron.
1: You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B&E.
2: What's B E? e
1: Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan, on the Horn, 104.9 AM 1260, and HornFM.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports.
0: Start it up, that's your Wednesday on BE. and As uh, Don Miller said, it's going to start to rain here coming up. So be advised of that as you get it up and out on the 5th of April. But as the buck will tell you, April showers.
2: Bring May flowers.
0: Bring May flowers. The
2: azaleas are looking beautiful in Augusta, Georgia right now.
0: It's looking pretty. Because I can't old?
2: make those work here. It's uh, just too hot. It's too hot. Too hot. Yeah, the stress on the plant after they...
0: You're the green thumb. You tell me.
2: The stress on the plant. It's just too hot.
0: Too hot. Let me look at the latest forecast for Augusta, Georgia.
2: I'm going to say they get more rain than we get also.
0: Looking good for today. Today is the par-3 tournament. There's a 30% chance of rain, but that means there's a 70% chance it won't. There's
2: a 70% chance that Tony Finau will not dislocate his ankle again and then place it back Thursday,
0: himself. round one looks good, but... Uh, Saturday, Sunday, 90% chance of rain both days with temperatures in the 50s. Yeah, that's going to stink. 50s. Low it's, 50s. It's going to be cold and wet, not just wet. Oh, Tigray will
2: be hurting by then.
0: This is, you know, unless his forecast changes, this could be a Monday finish at Augusta, well, a sloppy Monday finish, uh, potentially. Hey, by the way, we were joking yesterday. Did you see the live golfers yesterday at Augusta wearing their jerseys in the practice rounds? They were no, wearing no. their team jerseys that they wear and live. Like, no one knows what they are. But, um, yeah, they were wearing them. The Sharks and the Jets were out? Oh, yeah. Come on now. Greg Norman was on point. Hey, you need to be wearing those. West Side Story. Wear your shirts. West Side Story. They were out last (laughs) night, huh? I'm assuming they're not going to uh, be allowed to wear them for the weekend, but I don't know. know. Why not? It's just a shirt, right? They qualified for the tournament. That's that's the league they play in. That's their gear. Yeah. So, again, I won't be rooting for them, but I don't begrudge them playing. Good for them. That's uh, what they're doing. That was their choice. I would also always say that the other players that didn't go to live had a choice, too. I mean, every every player could have taken that big money and made the run, but they uh, chose to stick and stay, and that's where we stand. The Masters tees off tomorrow. Make your picks by 5.55 tomorrow morning. So you've got roughly 23 hours to get your picks in. 20, yeah, 23 hours, a little so under.
2: The the one guy that you don't hear much about, that I mean, you hear even about, you know, Cam Smith and how he's playing. You know, he's struggled a little bit. But he's but he's playing okay. You never hear about Sergio. He's strictly lived. That's what he's been in. I. Well, I mean, I, don't, I have no clue what his game is like or where he is in his career. Well, that's I mean, the thing
0: is, about trying to pick the live golfers. We haven't nobody's watched. Where is their game? They haven't really been competing. Uh, they've been playing golf. I think kept going the last event. Yeah, but compare that pressure versus the pressure of what they're going to walk into here. True. Um, you know that's that'll be interesting it's really the first time we've seen it uh first one where there's been actually a live tour season and now how it does impact the I don't think it's gonna the level of the, play the, the rat the rat is Cam Smith yeah can we hear from the goat the greatest of all time tiger woods yesterday at augusta he had his press conference and availability he'll be playing in this event uh only the second these he played in this year and he was asked a pretty good question about uh, how many more of these things do you have how many more masters do you think you you can play in
2: Quick follow-up. When you're playing this course, does it ever cross your mind this could be the last time?
3: Yes, it has. Um, I, I didn't know. I mean, last year was kind of a um, – I didn't know if I was, I was going to play again at that time. Uh, for some reason, everything kind of came together. and I kind of pushed it a little bit and I was able to make the cut, which was nice. And uh, Yeah, I, I don't know how many more I have in me, so – just to be able to appreciate the the, the time that I have here and and cherish the the memories. Because I
0: think it's fair to say Tiger has said this. over not even fair to say Tiger has said it. Like he's not going to do the ceremonial thing. What? At least he's not intending right now. He's not going to be the... Seventy-year-old Tiger hitting tee shots. Come on, into man. the gallery, slamming the gallery in the head with the ball. You know, it, you know his his whole deal is: I come to if if I can't, don't think I can win the tournament. I'm not coming. I'd assume not be. I'll there. see you at the will di- see you after the <laughs> dinner. I'll have dinner and I'll be out of here. So yeah, I mean, I think that's for all golf fans and sports fans. You know, every time you watch Tiger Woods play at this course, you just realize it. It might be the last time. And Someone says he
2: in in a warm winter they packed the hillside in ice you know, so that they can bloom the right way. And in the cold, they put heaters on them.
0: Oh, they, they, The
2: azaleas. So if they have a warm... They
0: treat the flowers better than people. <laughs> they pack them in ice. <laughs> come on, man. Oh, let's they go. look beautiful. They certainly do. And they come off well on television. Can we get to the headlines, trending topics, to start your Wednesday morning? UVO Business Services brings it to you. Uh, start with Texas baseball, Longhorns of course, back from their week on the road. Back up for some home cooking at the friendly confines Dish Dishfog Field and played well. Beat Air Force 7-1. Peyton Powell's two-run bomb in the first inning highlighted a three-run first. Dylan Campbell and the freshman Ryland Galvan also went deep. Uh, Ace Whitehead combined with four other pitchers on a four-hitter. Whitehead earned his third win with four solid flames. The frames in the bullpen didn't allow a hit in the last five innings of the game. Longhorns get the victory. They're going to open up an Easter weekend. Big 12 series with K-State tomorrow night, 6.30. Uh, so Friday night and then Sunday, Saturday at noon to wrap up that series. Wild game in college baseball in College Station last night. How about AM and Texas State playing to go? Both teams put five runs on the board in the first inning, and it went back and forth all the way to the end. In the end, the Aggies went at 10-9 to with a run in the eighth to beat the uh, Bobcats. Texas basketball announced yesterday they are going to be one of the four teams who play in the 2023 Empire Classic. That benefits the Wounded Warrior Project. Played at Madison Square Garden November 19th and 20th of this year. Uh, the other teams, Indiana, Louisville, and the national champion UConn Huskies. That'll be fun. Now, NBA last night, surprise win in Houston last night. Lily Rockets prevented the Denver Nuggets from clinching the number one seed in the West with a 124-103 win. Just their 20th win of the season. San Antonio also only has 20 wins this season. They got rolled in Phoenix, 115-94. By the way, uh, keep in mind, the as uh, part of their 50th anniversary season, Spurs are going to call Austin home for their next two games. They're going to host Portland tomorrow night, and then the Minnesota Timberwolves on Saturday night at Moody Center. Uh, as part of that... Uh, you know, anniversary year. Pro baseball last night, 0-2 for the Texas teams, running Arlington Rangers, dropped their second straight to the Orioles 7-2. Astros off to a slow start. They are 2-4 now. They lost to the Tigers 6-3. The former first overall pick and top prospect Spencer Torkelson had three hits, including a two-run homer in the eighth inning that sealed the deal last night for the Tigers. Round Rock a 6-3 winner in Sugarland. One note from the NFL, a little over three weeks to the NFL draft, a report from Pro Football talk that Bill Belichick has been shopping his quarterback Mac Jones this offseason. Several teams, including the Raiders, Texans, Buccaneers, and Commanders currently have uh, shown interest.
1: This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com.
2: You know, guys, yesterday when we were putting in our, you know, our blue bloods in in college basketball, we didn't add, is Louisville hasn't been there, and has it been that long for Louisville that they're not a part of that anymore? I
0: I, I like the six we have. Um, I mean, Louisville's been a great program. And they were had a horrible year this year. I mean, oh yeah. Uh, they've bad had a, a,
2: a their last, I think their last two years have been pretty
0: bad. Uh but yeah, every program has down years. But would you put Louisville there? how many national titles do they have? Three? Three? I'm thinking no. three. We yeah, said four. Eighty eighty six and thirteen. Eighty eighty six and thirteen. But that right, one was yeah, vacated, wasn't it? was well, that one vacated? Didn't they have to lose that one? The thirteen? Yeah, vacated. Cheaters. <laughs> so they only only have two. Okay. But they won three. Uh no, not blue blood. Dumb no. blood, UConn, absolutely, and maybe UConn sure, should have yeah. had it before. But to have a championship in four straight decades, so over forty years, different or, coaches, yeah, you three different coaches. You know, you're a top end program. I mean, gosh, UConn's been the best program in the, of all of them for the last thirty years, right? I mean, there's, I mean, since nineteen ninety nine. So, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, that's well, any doubt, but they, they have a strong case with all five of their sure. championships. They're five and zero in championship games. So, yeah, I, but Kansas, the defending champs a year ago, Kentucky, Carolina, Duke, and UCLA. Yeah, and, so stick and with Villanova
2: those. just didn't hang long enough. Jay Wright had two. Well, look, if the next Raleigh. coach comes
0: in and Villanova keeps winning championships or playing for them, you could start – I mean, Butler played in two national championships, two, two Final Fours. I mean, that uh, – you um, – we'll see. We'll see. But, yeah, when you're talking about Blue Bloods for it's me – It's about being a champion. Well, you're talking about over the span of a long time. Over the champion and
2: being in Final Fours. fours.
0: Yes. And um, – I mean, Villanova. I think Jay right. I mean, not to take it away from Raleigh Massimino in the '80s and the one championship with the uh, the, the miracle win, but right over Georgetown. But uh, you know, you're talking you know spanning the time, and now it's now UConn's only only knock was they didn't win one until '99. Well, now they've really won five in the yeah. last 25 years. That's really good, and that that puts them into yeah, the every conversation. five
2: years you win one. That's pretty damn good.
0: All right. So can we? Uh, so I mentioned before we get to our coaches' corner here from Sark. The uh, what about this? You know, because these mock drafts, the draft is three weeks from tomorrow. We'll be on the clock. We'll be all all flanked out at our Pluckers locations around town, having our fun draft night, first round conversation, and and picks and guest general managers. It's always a blast. Uh, one three weeks from tomorrow night, by the way, I can tell you I'm going to be at the Oak Hill, the Oak Hill, the Y location of Pluckers, uh, doing my draft party. So uh, we'll have fun with that. But. Um, you know what are the Texans going to do is a big big question mark. They have the second pick and the twelfth pick. One thing that I have argued and uh, at least have looked at when I do mock drafts, because you can go to Pro Football Focus and do your own mock drafts, but you can play general manager. The Texans not only have two of the first twelve picks, they have three of the two three of the first thirty three, and they have like six picks in the first you know three rounds. They've got a lot of draft capital, and they have an extra number one next year. Think about this for a second. If you're Demico Ryan, you're you're a new head coach, and you have finally there's finally positivity in Houston about the Texans. They're finally talking good about you. Could you get aggressive? Because if you think one of those quarterbacks can be your guy, right, and you're going to take either C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, right, you're going to get whoever the, the other. Panthers don't take. Right, you screwed up the last week of the season. Uh, you don't get to take the one you you absolutely want. You get to take whatever's left. But then you'll say that it was the one we wanted. <laughs> That's the guy. That's my guy. Here's one thing I've been playing around with. What if? The Texans got really aggressive and put a package together to take the second pick and then get with the Arizona Cardinals and come back up to number 3. Because they could offer the 12th pick, they could offer one of those you know, second-round picks of theirs, and they could offer potentially something next year. Would Arizona bite on that? Because Arizona has got a new general manager and a new head coach. They're rebuilding, right? They're, they're moving on from the Cliff Kingsbury. They need players. They need players. And and now they may sit there at three and say, wait a second, no, we, we can take Will Anderson or the best defensive player on the board. Sure. Or if the Texans make them an offer and say, no, no, we're going in, we're gonna we're gonna make you take this pick. We're gonna give you twelve. We might even give you the thirty-three, and we're coming back up. I don't think they would give up thirty-three, but they could give up uh, this draft capital, come back up, and then so think about a draft where you came out with Bryce Young and Will Anderson, like the two best players in the draft for a lot of people on boards. Best quarterback, best pass rusher. And for some people, Will Anderson is the best pass rusher to come into the league. You know, he, he's got a higher grade than the Boses, than Aiden Hutchinson did a year ago. I mean, this is a top end guy off the edge, which are the two premium positions in football pass rusher and quarterback. What if you're the Texans, you're D'Amico Ryans, you can get both of them? Because I know they're having that debate in Houston that D'Amico's a defensive coach. And you sure. saw what the 49ers did. They they always had great off defensive yeah, they line. they feel
2: but. good on the back end right now. What they got going on defensively? It's like
0: yeah, so you'd like to come out of this draft with your quarterback and a premier edge rusher, but by the time you draft at twelve, the premier edge rusher might be gone um, because you're talking about now unless you really at twelve like a kid like Nolan Smith, the, the kid out of Georgia who was injured this year, but man did he put on a show at the combine. He he could develop into an elite pass rusher, but he's not yet. We know Will Anderson is. I mean, Will Anderson is a menace off the edge. Uh, who you build your defense around big picture. Um, Well, if you
2: did that, the rest of the draft, you'd have to be helping out your young quarterback. And you still have capital.
0: You're not giving up all the capital, but you have so much capital this year and next that you could create a package that would be appealing to the Cardinals or someone else that drafts in the top five or six, and you'd still have plenty of draft picks. So that's the thing. When you have 12 draft picks this year, you've got extra picks next year uh, because of the, the Deshaun Watson trade. You could be aggressive like that. Yeah, but don't to, think
2: for a second you don't have your wide receiver. Your your other guy has gone now. You got to have a wide. You got to have somebody that's going to help this young quarterback out. He, no matter what you think, Stroud or Bryce Young is not. They're Dalton not coming Schultz's in. And, not enough. No hell no. <laughs> that's Dak. No, Here's my on. Dalton Schultz back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they got to help those young guys out. They do somehow. Those two guys aren't coming in and changing. You I'm know, just saying,
0: look, players win. Players win, right? I mean, you got a right, great. And
2: if that guy's available, if they can do that and work that deal where they get both of those guys, sure they would.
0: And if you feel confident that one of these quarterbacks can be your quarterback, you know, franchise quarterback, I mean, think about how a guy like Micah Parsons changed the Cowboys' defense, right? Well, what if Will Anderson is on par with Micah Parsons as a pr- as a pass rusher, as a guy that you know harasses quarterbacks, Von Miller type player uh, that changes games? Well, yeah, none of the picks you're going to give up are worth are not having that not having a center – I mean, how important was J.J. Watt to the Texans for so long on defense? A player like that can change games, and that's what you're looking for, a game wrecker on the defensive side of the ball.
2: God, and I wish I w- if you looked could at get... Will Anderson like that. You just don't? I know they, no, they do. Every I metric know, would tell you Everybody does. Every, his pressure rate. I am the only – I must. I feel like I'm the only guy that thinks Will Anderson is just going to be okay.
0: And they love him, and his, his, his numbers – Everybody loves him. I mean, that's – that's a hard guy not to like. Everybody
2: thinks he can't be blocked, and I'm thinking I just don't see him as being big that big enough. Not
0: big. Well, Vaughn Miller wasn't the biggest guy. Coming out of Texas. Man, he's got A&M. a lot of sacks. <laughs> yeah. Because he's got the bend, he's got the hands, sure. he's got the uh, the first step. And uh you know, you might be right, but at the same time, if if he is as good as the experts project, wow. if you're the Texans, you've landed your quarterback and an elite defensive player right. to build your defense around in one draft. I don't care what else happens in the draft. That's a good draft it is like cuz again when you're drafting in the top 5 you're looking to draft hall of fame players right mm-hmm. that's your goal we want to, a we we need a guy that plays for at least 10 years for us and it, we hope he's got talent to play at the hall of fame cuz we're we're picking in the top 3 spots uh we get to take a great player now the Houston's drafted up there before and they haven't drafted a hall of famer well Andre Johnson Andre Johnson is one that they drafted JJ Watt was like the 11th pick in the draft or 12th pick in the draft when they took him out of Wisconsin uh, so you can get him elsewhere but uh, that top 5 you're looking for Difference makers to your franchise. What if you get two of them? What if you land two of them, yeah, you're the right. Because you have enough draft capital, but at the same time, the argument for the Texans is well, you need more than just two. But boy, if you get two elite players, if your quarterback and your edge rusher at the two most important positions, and, and think about this last year when you were at the top, you took Derek Stingley. What if Derek Stingley turns into an elite corner? Which he will, I think. Well, now in two drafts, you've added quarterback, edge rusher, corner. Three premier positions in pro football, and you already have the highest paid left tackle in pro football in Laramie Tunsell. You just gave a new contract. Yeah, to. you're
2: taking care of some pretty good positions right here yeah, over the last really, two years. And
0: again, that's roster building in the NFL. You got to get those positions right, and then you can assemble the rest. Uh, you can
2: find your wide receiver down the line
0: quarterback, tackle, pass rush, right. corner, uh, elite, playmaker on the outside. And then you know, so we'll see. Uh, this draft is going to be so wild. There's so many different variables, and Houston, Houston, Dent, Detroit, and Seattle are the three important teams to watch because all three have two picks in the top twenty.
2: I got real soured on Will Anderson when he played against Texas. I think oh, the I, jumps off sides. I mean, I just his discipline last year was just awful, and I thought they blocked him. I thought people blocked him last year.
0: I credited the I, Longhorns, but and not I, only
2: Banks blocked him; everybody blocked him last year. Well, you but the sh-
0: year before, he, he was. Unstoppable. We'll get you some numbers on Will Anderson versus some of the top pass rushers that come in the league uh, over the last several drafts. But, but again, that's your; those are the positions you are looking for. If you are D'Amico Ryan's and you are the new coach, and you look at that and say, "Look, we've got our quarterback in place. I've got a left tackle and a really you know pretty solid offensive line. Now I've got my edge rusher. I can build my defense around and a corner. You know, then you go from there. Uh, that's a really good place to start." if you're a, a new coach and a new regime in Houston. Let's dive into the Coach's Corner. It's brought to you by Audiovisual Consultations. That's AVConsultations.com.
3: Audiovisual Consultations and Tom McKay, the really smart guys who never make you feel stupid.
0: They never do. They never do. Uh, well, Tom McKay will call us sometimes and make us feel stupid, but he'll never make you feel stupid. You know what I'm saying? Or he'll
2: be stupid himself.
3: That's right.
0: That's right. Either way. Hey, uh, let's hear from Steve Sarkeesian now. Uh, after practice yesterday, that's practice number 10 of the 15 they're allowed. So they have three more practices and then one scrimmage, which will be the orange-white scrimmage a week from. Actually, I think they have another scrimmage this weekend, a Saturday scrimmage, which is how they kind of wrap up each week with a pretty intense scrimmage. Let's actually hear Sark talking about the scrimmage they just had, which was this past Saturday. And uh, Sark sounds like he was pleased with what he saw uh, this past Saturday morning.
3: Yeah, I thought our veterans really were dialed into, you know, kind of. What we were doing, what we were trying to do, the way we practiced, the way we scrimmaged. I thought it was good Saturday for a lot of our younger players. You could feel a little bit of uh, excitement, um, a little kind of some unforced errors early on in the scrimmage. Uh, and then they, they started to kind of settle in and start to play the way they had been practicing, which is why you need to scrimmage. You got to put guys in some uncomfortable settings, and then they got to learn how to get comfortable in those settings. So uh, that was positive. Uh, obviously, we have we have two weeks to go, or or six practices to. We just finished up the the last of six, so we got five more to go. Um, you know, we're just trying to be really intentional with our approach every day that we go, and and what we're trying to accomplish, and why we're trying to do certain things, um, whether that's on offense, defense, or special teams. And um, the goal is to con- continue to push the guys. You know, spring ball is obviously a unique time of year where. There's no game, right? I mean, there, we have our spring game, but there's no real opponent at the end of it. So everybody has got to be really intentional in their approach to what they need to do for themselves uh, to continue to raise their level of play and whatever that looks like. It could be knowledge of the system, it could be um, fundamental or technique, it could be um, you know how to how to recover physically so that you're prepared to go again the next time. So that we can continue to grow individually, and then ultimately our team is better. You know, at the end of fifteen practices than we were at the start of the whole thing.
2: Yeah, I, I said that last week. I said different coaches have different philosophies on spring, and you know what you do. It sounds like they put pressure on guys offense and defense. You know, whether it's blitzing e or I need you to get when when we call this blitz, I need you to get to the quarterback or get to a designated area. I don't need you not. You got to have success doing that. I, we call that for a reason, and if you don't get there and you blitz, and they pick it up, and they make a big play because you don't get there. I mean, that's offense and defense. It sounds like they put gas in pressure situations, uh, both sides of the ball doing it, which, as I said, some coaches, I don't want, you bli- I don't want a lot of blitzes. I, my quarterback needs to have some success. I need him to do, see some basic things. Let's throw the ball. Let's throw and catch and do some of the fundamentals. It sounds like Sark, they put pressure on, on both sides of the ball.
0: No question. I mean and good stuff. He, there were some practice reports that at this scrimmage on Saturday that Pete Kwiatkowski threw a new look at the Texas offense, which mm-hmm. was four defensive tackles on the field. Like they went to a heavy package on defense where they put um, you know Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy at tackle and then Alfred Collins and Vernon Broughton flanking them uh, as as just this heavy Defensive linebacker. Yeah, I know packet.
2: offensive coaches don't like that crap. Don't <laughs> no, Hey,
0: no surprise. You did. What are you doing? Yeah. Why is that guy there? That yeah, guy's well, not supposed to be in. Got to work at it. And uh, that, that that goes to the word. The two words we've used consistently about this this practice, this spring practice, is competition. Finally, and depth. Because you can have competition when you have depth. When you have extra, you know, more guys that are competing for jobs, you have more opportunities. One of those positions is corner. Again, we we say this all the time with Sark. When they got here, the cornerback position was not in a good place. No. And in a short amount of time, this staff has built a pretty solid group at corner. When you consider that Ryan Watts came in from Ohio State as a transfer, now this year Gavin Holmes comes in as a transfer, a two-year starter at Wake Forest. Uh, you recruited Terrence Brooks, who got to play late, and he played really well in the bowl game against Washington. He did, you're right. You've got Austin Jordan, Xavion Bryce, and a, and a freshman named Malik Muhammad there. Uh, you're all of a sudden deep at corner. And let's hear Sark talking about that cornerback position. And we also, you know, we, 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 what what they've done out there on that. Terry Joseph and the cornerback coaches, you know, the secondary coach, you know, how they've built this. And now all of a sudden they've got some pretty good veteran depth on the outside.
3: I think we've got great competition at corner. Um, I think at both spots. I think Terrence Brooks has really, you know, kind of taking his game to another level. I think Gavin Holmes is performing um, at a high level. I think Ryan is is doing what he's doing. I think Xavion Bryce is playing good football, um, we've been moving Austin Jordan around. A's a versatile player, so we're fortunate. Um, I think that the we you know our coaches have done a good job kind of evaluating and recruiting that position. Um, and again, I think competition is healthy for everybody. It usually, brings out the best in you.
0: Sarkis also at corner at safety. Buck singled out Keaton Crawford as being one of the stars of the spring so far. He's a
2: special teams guy,
0: yeah. But now playing safety at a high level. And remember, with Keaton, he was he's a kid from from John Tyler. Tyler John Tyler came in as a corner. But if you remember him as a corner, he played mostly offense in high school. And he would play corner when John Tyler would play a really good receiver, right? They'd flip him over because he was just the best athlete and said, hey, help us cover him. But he wasn't a corner corner. And they used him on offense a lot. And so when he got here, he had to learn corner. And then they moved him to safety. So now he's learning safety. But there's no one. He's a plus athlete in a big way. And the one thing about Keaton Crawford, he is aggressive. You know, the, the the question you have about Keaton is, will he hurt himself? He's one of those guys that likes to fly around and hit everybody. And so he's really taken to safety. But if he comes along at the safety position, Buck, you know you have Keaton Crawford. Jalen Catalan, the Arkansas transfer, will get healthy. you got Jaron Thompson. you got Jade Barron. You've got Jalen Gilbo uh, competing for that star, Compton. Then you got guys like Michael Taff. And let's not forget B.J. Allen, who they recruited in last year's class, who's one of the top safeties in the state. They so, got a lot
2: of secondary guys. Yes,
0: they've really done a good job in the back end. Of, of adding athleticism and uh, again, if you tie these two together with Pete Kwiatkowski, if all of a sudden you're improving your pass rush, where the, again the the Longhorns last year were, were you know number two in the nation in pressure rate behind Clemson, but they had like 30, 25 fewer sacks than Clemson. If you can start to cover better for a little longer in the back end and still get that pressure and get better with the finishers off the edge, if you, told me you with your Baron me Sorrells, now eight. all of a sudden you're 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 going from twenty seven sacks to forty sacks. Well, now all of a sudden your defense is, is pushing. I don't care
2: what size they are. If you tell me you got eight, so day barons around, I'll say okay, that's yeah. fine with me.
0: And remember, Jalen Gilbo was the true freshman last year who was turning heads, and now he's back as a sophomore. catalan has got experience. Uh that's the thing you and the st- kid
2: in a bowl game in the secondary was fabulous I thought. They're going to start a, that's why a I very ex- Jalen Blue or Jaden Blue, Blue in the damn game. <laughs> we'll talk We're going to see how he would have been.
0: We'll hear Sark talk about the running backs coming up. Also interesting from Sark talking about uh moving parts like when Spring wraps up in 10 days. What does he expect? And and he'll let you know pretty clear. He there, there'll be more movement. There'll be guys who aren't happy with where they are here, and they'll hit the transfer sure. portal. And the Longhorns aren't done in the transfer portal. I think that's fair to say that they know they'll get to see and they have seen over the last six weeks. Okay, we need X. Yeah. Let's by, when,
2: by the time it spring's over, if you're a, if you're the third guy at a position, you start going.
0: Maybe it's not. Especially for if me. you're an upperclassman, right? Or, yes, you're right. Pushing that grade, and that's that's what you want. That's healthy in a program right now, in my mind. Uh, but there'll be kids all over the. The country that potentially jump into the portal come after spring even for the spring movement, and we'll get it. We'll get Sark's thoughts on that coming up. Uh, we're talking Texas football, a little NFL draft masters. Get your picks in at HornFM.com. The fantasy game brought to you by Callahan's General Store is up and running. Go pick your nine golfers. Have fun with us all weekend long, and we're coming right back. It's Bucky and Aaron. Yeah, still not sure about this. Easter is Sunday and uh, egg prices are so high. It's inspiring people to apparently paint potatoes for Easter. Potato egg hunt. Potato hunt. Come on, man. Let's get some plastic ones. Stick some jelly beans in there or something. Make it work. Make it. I can't go potato. So some peeps. <laughs> get your oh, oh man! No, no, please, don't do that. Your wife likes the peeps, doesn't she? Loves them,
2: loves oh, them. She those likes them so nasty. Made in
0: Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, in your hometown. She likes to stick them on top of the fridge there and let them get all mold, like not moldy. Get them all like soft and mushy. No, she likes them like crispy, like like. Oh, she cold. likes oh
2: oh the hard ones, kind yeah, of
0: really hard, like foam rubber. <laughs> yeah, oh. I don't know why. I don't know why. But you know, everybody's got a taste for. I don't eat a lot of sugar anyhow, so those things are like all sugar.
2: Okay, next time I go go to Bethlehem, which may be for the fiftieth high school reunion. Of course, you're
0: going to that. That's August fourth and fifth. I need to I need to go through you need that. to Take pictures.
2: I need to take go through that peeps factory. Right there in Bethlehem. Never, I've yeah, never even that? heard of that until after I left the place. That's where those because I never had one of those things are nasty.
0: They are nasty. They are nasty peeps for Easter. Uh, are yeah. they?
2: Do they still come out? I mean, do people? Oh yeah. Answer? Oh.
0: I think so. Uh, a little pink, little ones. different at our house these days. We don't have any kids like running around, so we don't get all that kind of stuff. Easter battle. Now we'll still do Easter gift, I guess. I don't know what the plan is on that. I've been told, but uh, Easter is coming, so don't do potatoes. But uh, get ready for that. We also have the Masters. How about the Masters and Easter weekend coinciding here? I oh, want me the having calendar? a
2: colonoscopy on Monday and I can't enjoy ham on sun. Can't enjoy a big meal.
0: You scheduled your. <laughs> I know that's Roto Rooter on Monday. <laughs> Come on, man. Monday after Easter, what are you, you're you not allowed to eat anything?
2: Yeah. By Saturday, I'm off of real solid stuff. I'm into the liquid stuff. Dang. Because it then all becomes liquid Sunday night, I believe. I do believe.
0: All right. A couple thoughts. Somebody, uh, uh astute texter, said, hey, you're talking about, because I was talking about the Texans potentially... With all their draft capital, trying to get a quarterback and go back up into the top five and get an elite pass rusher to start uh, rebuilding this roster, and somebody mentioned that if you know, I said, "What if we get Bryce Young and Will Anderson in the same draft?" Somebody said, "Remember, D'Amico Ryan's is a Bama guy. You know, Nick Saban would give him the straight scoop on these players, right? If they're true, he, he will tell you. D'Amico Ryan's will get the uh, the honest truth from Nick Saban, whether yes. he gives that to other people or not. You know, D'Amico Ryan's is a Bama guy, so." Uh, there would be some interest. I, I mean, again... but Nick tell about
2: anybody from Georgia,
0: maybe? Well, look, I mean, Jalen Carter with the you know the draft slide, he would be a guy because I think, you know, pound for pound, when healthy, Jalen Carter's the most dominant defensive player in this draft. I do love Will Anderson, too, and he's more of an edge guy. Uh, but, again, whichever you do, because, you know, the NFL is about you have to have a few great players, right? You, you What you want to build is a roster of really good, consistent, reliable players, and then at you know the key positions you got to have elite players you got to have elite playmakers and that, that change games and if you have that you have a chance i mean think about the chiefs right the chiefs are built around really good players at key places and then they have the elite quarterback of the league they have the elite tight end of the league they have great mm-hmm. pass rushers and chris jones is a difference maker on the defensive line uh, you know they don't they don't have a bunch of all pros all over the place outside of those guys but then you just have, that's where you rely on your your general manager and your scouting staff to find you good players you don't need great players. You need good players uh, that are that are reliable, dependable, uh, and then you you build them around these elite dudes. But if you're the Texans, you don't have any elite dudes. No, you got to start with elite dudes. Uh, you know, Jags don't get you anywhere. You need elite. No. And if you can, because of all the draft capital you've created, could you get two elite players out of this draft? And you hope that your your pick of last year, Derek Stingley, and you know, Jalen Petrie already showed at safety, he can be an elite player at that position. Well, now now you're talking. Because you've got the, the key positions covered, and now you go out and build a roster of really good players around that, and you know two, three years down the road, you're, you're in contention for that's things. Right. That's that's a That's good roster building in my mind. But we'll see what the Texans do. We'll see what the Cowboys do down there at 26 uh, with their pick. Their, Cowboys are in a nice spot right now with their roster, I believe. And they've
2: done a good job already.
0: Yeah, but that's the question. So what I just said to the Cowboys. Who are the Cowboys' elite players outside of uh, – so Micah Parsons is elite, Right. Yes. It, C D Lamb? Is he yes. there yet? Yeah, he's there. Get there, I, I he getting there o- or there.
2: He did enough last year for me. To show me that he's an elite player. He needs co- he needs company
0: though. He needs company. To make him even better. That's uh, you know, Mike has an elite I think the Cowboys have an elite defense just in general. You know, Travon Diggs. As a group. As a group. Yeah. You know, the way Dan Quinn coaches it and, and schemes it up and yes. the, they have a chance to be elite on and I think that's where Mike McCarthy's going. That's why I keep Pushing tight end at twenty six because if you get a big physical tight end that can also be a pass receiver
2: and you want to run that helps the ball? your running
0: game and and yes you could take a running back but you could also you've already franchise tag Tony Pollard to be your feature back mm-hmm. you can get backs later in the draft if you continue to solidify the ability to pound the rock and make things easier on Dak Prescott I hear Rod and Harge all the all the time giving the great stat that you know Dak Prescott's numbers off play action when he has play action at his disposal it's a different game for him when it doesn't. Uh, oh, and he's, he's just a, a straight
2: drop back guy? He's, he's
0: not Patrick Mahomes, guys. No. So le- don't make him Patrick Mahomes. But to have play action be effective, you have to run the ball. So, again, the, the answer people say, well, take Bijan then. Okay, I'll get you there. Go with Bijan and Tony Pollard to be two-headed. But you also could take offensive line or tight end to further become a more physical team at the line of scrimmage. Uh, and I like that for the Dallas Cowboys because I do think the defense is is an elite group. Uh, and Mike McCarthy talked about that, man. that's what That was maybe the difference – You know, a lot of people, you know, eyebrows raised when he talked about Kellen Moore not running the ball enough. Kellen wanted to light up the scoreboard. I want to run the ball and protect our defense. Well, that's not a bad strategy. Now, is that going to beat Pat Mahomes? Probably not. You're going to have to outscore him. Or the Eagles, who are going to put it in the. What if the Eagles take Bijan? Oh, geez. Once again, that's bad for the whole NFL. (laughs) That's bad for the whole NFL. Yes. Hey, uh, real quick to, to recap our coach's corner, I wanted to play this from Sark couple more thoughts from the coach after 10 practices. I want for you to hear about the running backs because that's always interesting. That's the most important. That's the position that of most new faces, right? Right. right. You feel really good about a lot of key plays. There's a lot of offense. replacement right there. You're losing Bijan and Roshan, who mm-hmm. were the guts of your team last year. Uh, here's Sark on the update on the running backs here 10 practices in.
3: I thought Jaden Blue had a, had a nice scrimmage, made some plays, especially kind of on the especially perimeter he's a very explosive athlete Um, I thought Savion Red from a from a position change standpoint um, shows physicality that uh, is really encouraging you know Savion has obviously played receiver a year ago and we know he's gifted as a receiver but to really start running between the tackles which is kind of what he did in high school is kind of a wildcat quarterback um, that that's been encouraging And I thought for said Baxter was good for him. You know, his first couple plays were not plays that he's going to always, you know, say those were my best plays at Texas. He kind of struggled early on, but then settled in and and made some plays as as the scrimmage went on. So Friday, when we get back out there again in the same similar format, is going to be big for him to take that step of okay, now I'm comfortable with what we're doing, and and then start to see more of him of what he's capable of doing.
0: Remember, Jonathan Brooks is being treated with. uh... You know the the bubble wrap. Sure, in this camp coming off it that hernia be. surgery and Keelan Robinson not participating. So it's really those three getting the reps. And Savion Red's the one that keeps turning heads. Cedric Baxter Jr. is the five star uh, in from Florida. Uh, one, a couple other from Sark. How about on uh, on the vocal leaders? We we talk about the guts of your team with with Bijan and Roshan. Those two guys were not only the best players on your offense last year; they were the vocal leaders of your team. Roshan Johnson, as a running back, was the leader. Let's hear Sark on who is emerging to fill those roles as the guys think, that are setting the bar.
3: I think Jordan Whittington has definitely, has definitely um, kind of stepped into that role. Uh, offensively, I think Quinn has done a nice job and is, and is getting more and more comfortable in that role. Uh, I think J.T. Sanders, offensively, those are those are a few guys. I think defensively, you know, Jaron Thompson definitely feels like kind of uh, like one of those guys. Um, I think Byron Murphy feels like one of those guys. Um so, you know, I'm obviously I'm just kind of naming a few. I think Baron Sorrell has, has grown up that way. And a lot of those guys, it's helpful for them because they've been with us now. We're, they're going into year three with us from the beginning. So they're very comfortable with the things that they know are, are meaningful to us, that are important to us as a staff. Um, and they've learned now why it's important. And so they can they can kind of be that conduit between a younger player and ourselves. And a lot of times that carries more weight coming from a player than it does coming from a coach. So the more those guys um, can support that message, uh, I think the more impactful it is on our team. All
0: right, there's uh, some of the leaders. Jordan Whittington was the first one out of his mouth. That's probably a good thing that he no, is. No, he's loved him from the beginning. Well, and he's back. You know, there was that he would leave, move on or go try his hand at the NFL. He's back. That's uh, a, it's a very veteran, you know, player there, Jordan Whittington. Uh, one other from Sarkin, we teased this earlier about you know, the future roster movement, right? What the roster is now is not is likely to change and that's not lost on the head coach. He understands what the current climate of college athletics is.
3: Because of the portal, things are happening quicker happening now with your roster. Um, and I, you know, I suspect we're going to have movement. I'm not, I'm not naive to the, you know, just the landscape of college athletics right now in college football. You know, i i watched, lsu's women basketball team win a championship the other night with nine transfers nine new players on their team so the reality of it is we'll probably have some movement at the end of spring um, going and coming Uh, i don't know exactly what it's going to look like yet you know i don't know if some players have made decisions or not Uh, but ultimately that's the time that we're in nowadays and so i'm do i have fun i have a blast every day but um, I do think that we have to you know, be realistic to the landscape of, of you know, college football right now. And we've got another portal window, window about to open um, that um, you know, obviously we need to. That's why we have the meetings with our players to talk to them about kind of where they're at. And then we need to monitor that portal conversely because you, know, you just don't know who you're going to lose. And then if you lose too many at one spot, you better have somebody that can fill that void uh, so you don't go into the season depleted somewhere.
0: All right, that'll be interesting to follow. The new window will open, and uh, you know we talk about running back, Buck. If there was an elite running back that hit the portal or a top end running back, I think you'd have to consider it, right? For I mean, sure. You feel good about it, but hey, uh, if someone wants, because if you're if you're a top running back at a, at a at a at a different school, and you look at the this Texas team, Absolutely. and you're looking to put on, when I a, look at that offensive <laughs> line and <laughs> that line and this yeah. quarterback and the receivers. Ooh, I can put up some numbers there. Sark likes to run the ball. They don't. They're by committee right now. They're not sure to replace Bijan. Uh, maybe I'll jump over there. Tight ends also a position of of interest to watch because you know about Jatavion Sanders, but so far the reports that Gunner Helm and Juan Davis and some of the other tight ends have not overwhelmed, maybe underwhelmed. Well, to me,
2: this is the year for 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 Coach. To, I know he wants to get his his run game going, but I mean his passing game going. But I know he likes to run the ball, but I want to see see him run the ball. This would be the year for me.
1: Where did that kid out of California?
0: the tight end that was playing baseball. Did Deuce, he, he committed US, to USC. USC. Did. USC, Lincoln Riley. Yeah. yeah, Deuce. And there's still a thought he could go straight to Major League Baseball if he's drafted in the right spot coming right. up in, in the draft. But, no, Deuce Robinson ended up going to USC, uh, staying on the West Coast. He's from Arizona.
2: See, I uh, believe the depth of this football team is in its secondary. I mean, that kid, Derrick Williams, when he comes, that guy – Five-star safety that guy from can, New Iberia, Louisiana. Yeah, he's he's going to play somewhere. He's got you, He's a guy that – he's not going to sit around.
0: Well, that's the thing. I mean, we we – You know the debate about he is a ball hawk. I mean Gary Patterson's impact on the defense with Pete Pekarowski, but give PK credit. That defense got a lot better last year, and I think they have a chance to be markedly better this year because of everything you just said—the depth in the secondary. Mm -hmm. They're only—they're only. I mean, the edge position—who's going to become that finisher opposite Baron Sorrells—becomes a massive factor to this defense. And then who? Plus, I
2: still need a war daddy inside somewhere. Like
0: Byron Murphy, they hope that's uh, uh, potentially Alfred Collins playing on the interior now. Who? Yeah, well, he's, he's showed up in this camp, and by all accounts, the defensive line has given the offensive line the business a lot in these scrimmages. Giving them
2: really giving them the business. Them right? the
0: business. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that's, uh... Giving them the business. Now again, most of the time in the scrimmages they go ones versus two, so it's the two offensive line facing the one defensive line. Okay. So okay, and then when they get into the red zone, they go good on good. Uh, it, they have been the two offensive lines
2: should be pretty good
0: now. Well, that's what you're trying to do. You're right. All right, we'll come back. Uh, Ty, you just heard from Ty, will lead us through the hot or not topics here this morning. What have we missed halfway through this show? Pouring on towards uh, the tee off of the Masters. Get your picks in at hornfm.com. What's hot?
1: And what's not. What's hot, what's not is brought to you by Texas Orthopedics, the largest independent orthopedic practice in Central Texas. Visit us at TXOrtho.com to learn more and to schedule an appointment.
0: Hot not. Weather not so hot this morning. Rain in the forecast through your drive time. Kind of a wet Wednesday today. Also, the Masters weather forecast looking like a soggy, wet mess, too. Tomorrow, when they tee it off, not so bad. Friday, okay, but then Saturday and Sunday looks like 90%. Not only rain, Buck, but the temperatures are going to drop from the 70s the to 50s. the 50s, the yeah. low 50s, which can't be good for Tiger Woods. No, that'll do him in. Uh, not looking good. That's more you look at the forecast, the more you feel like this one could be a Monday finish kind of thing. Uh, when it comes down to it. Coming up in our next uh, top of the hour, right after the headlines, we'll we'll talk some Masters and the picks and uh, how to go through your fantasy picks at HornFM.com. Also here from Brandel Shambly, the uh, Lifetime Longhorn, his thoughts on uh, why this could be an epic Masters if weather allows it. Also on the hot or not, how about the UConn students? We told you about this yesterday. They did some uh, good old-fashioned smashing Monday night after the championship. They're taking
2: lampposts and smashing stuff and with people them. people to
0: the hospital, people to jail. Just go enjoy the chance. Why don't just? It, it makes zero sense. you in the know world? where you
2: live? You're in Stores, Connecticut. Nothing's going on.
0: Well, you're destroying your own stuff and your own campus, and I mean, it makes no sense. But uh, you know, they did that last night. We also had our first uh, pitch clock arguing ejection last night in Major League Baseball with uh, Manny Machado of the Padres. He was kicked out after arguing a pitch clock violation that was called on him. We also had our first under two hour game last night. The Miami Marlins won a game one to nothing, and the game lasted one hour and hustling, fifty-eight huh? minutes. Well, Alcantara, the pitcher, the reigning Cy Young winner, was unbelievable. Complete game, one hour fifty-eight minutes. Complete game. I didn't even get to finish my beer. Game's what? over. What? Oh yeah. By the way, smart on the uh, baseball side because they've seen these games are going faster. So good for the the stadiums that are, are selling beer an extra inning now. They're selling beer into the eighth because it's going so fast. Great pitch clock move right there. That's good stuff. Also, this i got to ask you this, Ty, before you give us your hot or not. Apparently, across the world, and certainly in, uh, in this country, GQ Magazine has a story that men are jumping into the plastic surgery game in a big way, and there's a new popular surgery that men actually have their jaws broken, their wisdom teeth removed if they have them. They're trying to create a manu- manlier mandible. Tom Brady? Hmm?
1: He's already had some work done. Who's
0: had that done? Tom Brady. Yeah. Yeah. Would you be interested in a manlier mandible dare tie? Well, I do have a soft
1: chin, so <laughs> maybe. Maybe I wouldn't have to have a beard all the time.
0: GQ Magazine has the story. He introduces readers to Dr. Federico Hernandez Alfaro, who is the foremost leader of the mandible manlier surgery. He's out of Barcelona, Spain.
2: Gonna pass on that one. <laughs> I'm just looking for, I'm looking for the droopy neck. That's all. I'm and already, get and all your low tees. I'm I've, I've
1: broken my jaw once already, and that's that's that's, that's no not fun. No,
2: no, no, good. It's kind of like Just you did the nut talk, and everything's good. We we roll on. We roll. Oh. We've rolling.
0: Well, of course, you, missed, it's a you thing. missed the shows back in the day when Bucky would have fun with the low tee commercials we of would course. play, and then realized his you. I your, had low your, your hung lows were hunging. <laughs> <laughs> had to get them raised a little bit. Yeah, Raise the undercarriage. Absolutely. He claims to have had that done. I don't believe it. Everything's all good now. Still tucked While nice and tight. His, uh, tight and high. High and tight. Did it the same procedure when he had his booty hole bleached. Ty, <laughs> <laughs> so, what are you having hot or not? Well, uh, <laughs> it's hard to follow that, but. Uh, <laughs> he, he threatened to do that back in the day. You missed it. Uh, Joey
1: Chestnut, uh, you know, competitive eater. He's, he's I think he's re- retired, semi retired now, but he uh, performed for the Detroit Pistons last night. And he ate 38 chicken wings in just over three minutes. God. 38 what? Chicken wings. Flats, drums, all you know, did it all. And uh, <laughs> you really got to see the video, the, the reaction from some of these players. But they, they're they definitely in awe of, of his talent. So I'd, how many chicken wings in five minutes could you eat, Bucky?
2: You're with a pr- fork. I use a fork. You, you use so a fork to eat chicken wings? Oh, you think I'm going to touch a piece of chicken with my hands? What's wrong with you?
1: I don't know. People see, might people might have some, have some issues with that.
2: They do. But that's on me. That's not on me. Five chicken wings in five minutes?
1: Oh five no. minutes? How many could I eat? I could eat fifteen. Woo. That's a lot of, that's No, it can't be super spicy. What's the pluckers challenge? It's it's ten fire in the holes. In I wouldn't 20 do that. Minutes? it's a spicy that's thing. Easy. I'm not doing
0: that. I'm not doing that. We'll be <laughs> back. V and A on the horn. How many could you eat? We'll pick up the Masters Chatter as well, more on Longhorn football and uh, good, good uh, Wednesday conversations here on the show of the people.